Mr. Cheney, are you ready to take the oath? I am. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, James Danforth Quayle. I, Michael Richard Pence. I, Spiro Theodore Agnew. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. do solemnly swear. The vice presidency is seemingly America's second highest office, but its occupants often find themselves shut out and powerless, despite being one heartbeat away from the presidency. As was remarked by our first vice president, John Adams, in this I am nothing, but I may be everything. For much of its history, the vice presidency has been little more than an afterthought, but in recent history, We've turned our eyes to the Vice Presidency with a kind of anticipation. Sometimes, as in the case of Vice Presidents Joe Biden or Al Gore, it's because they have presidential aspirations of their own. Sometimes it's because, like Vice Presidents George H.W. Bush and Mike Pence, they act as a source of comfort when contrasted with their relatively inexperienced presidential counterparts. Some, like Spiro Agnew and Gerald Ford, get enveloped in scandal and end up playing an unexpectedly pivotal political role. And then there are those who have exercised an outsized amount of power over foreign and military policy, such as Dick Cheney. Candidates for vice president have been obscure names lost to history, like Edwin Muskie, Lloyd Benston, and Jap Kemp. Or they've been names such as Sarah Palin, Spiro Agnew, and Paul Ryan that our collective political memory will never forget. Presidential candidates have been selecting their running mates since at least 1940, when Vice President John Nance Garner decided to protest Franklin D. Roosevelt's run for a third term and actually ran against him in the Democratic primary. In response, Roosevelt wrestled power away from the convention's delegates, who usually held significant sway in choosing the vice presidential nominee, and selected Henry Wallace as his running mate. This set a precedent, and it took the power to select a running mate away from the party and placed it with the unitary candidates campaign. And ever since, presidential campaigns on the left and right have had to weigh how to balance the ticket in terms of experience, geography, demographics, and campaign style. But does the vice presidential pick really make a difference? Data has found that selecting a running mate from a swing state does not consistently correlate with a ticket's success in that same state. Presidential candidates certainly use them to balance their own personality and experience, frequently choosing insiders if they're an outsider and outsiders if they're an insider. A lot of recent discussion about the 2020 Democratic presidential primary has revolved around whether any of the white men running should complement the ticket with a woman of color, which is reeked of tokenism. Perhaps it's fitting that the very same John Nance Garner, who served as vice president during Roosevelt's first two terms, once remarked of the vice presidency that it was, quote, not worth a bucket of warm piss. This is Running Mates, a podcast focused on the vice presidency and on the candidates for vice president. I'm your host, Lars Emerson, and I'll be joined by my co-contributor at The Post Writer, Michael Levito. Michael and I spend a lot of time discussing and writing about hypothetical presidential tickets, vice presidents, cabinets, and the like. And Running Mates is our foray into categorically chronicling each election year and the party's respective vice presidential nominees. Starting with the election of 1968, Michael and I are going to spend each episode discussing the vice presidential nominees for each election year, the vice presidential debates, whether they made sense as a choice, 
who might have worked as a vice presidential nominee in hindsight, and how the political environment affected these choices. We chose to start with 1968 because it represents the fundamental turning point in how American presidential primaries are carried out in modern times, and it lets us start with no incumbent president running at the top of the ticket. So, tune in to hear about the Richard Nixon v. Hubert Humphrey election, or in our case, the Spiro Agnew v. Edmund Muskie election of 1968, on the next episode of Running Mates.